Hello, gracefully chosen community, and welcome to Foster My Stories, the achievement-focused podcast for foster, adoption, orphan, inclusive of underserved communities. I'm your host, Shalina Michelle Tate, and on today's cast episode, I am interviewing Deanna Booker, my special guest. Aside from being a publicist, community advocate, and mentor, Deanna currently makes compassionate strides in the foster care recruitment for the National Youth Advocate Program, Incorporated. I'm so honored to interview interview Deanna here today as my January special guest expert. It's a pleasure, it's an honor to have you here and I'm super excited because uh, Deanna is an expert in her field, in the field of foster care. Um, But before I dive into the dynamics of what you do and with NYAP, I would love for you to tell listeners um, briefly more about your backstory and how you came to really have a passion to help in foster care with youth. Absolutely. I've been working in child welfare 10 years, went to college and got my master's degree, and neither one of them was anything in social work, social services, or child welfare. But over time, during the years of working in corporate America and doing community work and volunteering, I began to have this passion for youth. A lot of the those fall into that category of being in the system, being in foster care. A lot of things that see on the news and everything else, small fraction of what underserved youth deal with. The more I volunteered, I started a mentoring program. And the more I did that, wanting to do something else, you know, I can't take every child (laughs) home. Although I did have plenty that came home with me, I just knew that there was a greater work that I could do to give of my services. And that's when I started working directly in child welfare eventually got me to where I am now as a foster care recruiter. I started, I did what is called family engagement, kind of like that mediator between the family and child services, but you're the mediator and you're representing the children. Stories that I heard and the different encounters that I had with the children and encounters with the family, it really began to even weigh even more on my heart. As hard as it is and emotional draining as it is, it's a need for people that really do compassionately care about children to be in the field. This is one of those jobs where you can't expect a big payday at the end. You really have to have a compassion for children. And that is what drew me in into the place of where I'm at now as a recruiter. Yes, I am just beaming over here. I'm just kind of going down the path journey of what you've explained. I'm kind of imagining your journey. It sounds to me that you had a stirring, really a divine stirring when you said you started volunteering in your community and then you had a stirring really to volunteer more. And then what you saw within the community, the underserved kind of set up your path like you said you know we go to school right we uh, go and study and our degrees and our you know education and we review and see that yeah I went to school for that but it, I'm being pulled more over here relation of where you needed to be can you tell listeners briefly more about that mentoring service as a result of volunteering in the community yes I started the mentoring program about seven or eight years ago I was working for a nonprofit. I have my master's degree in marketing started working for this nonprofit in the marketing side, there was a need to develop programs. I was just asked, can you help with developing some programs for youth? Well, I've been a youth leader, Sunday school teacher for years, and I was like, okay, sure. So it put me into the schools more. I realized that there was a need to work with underserved youth. So this program was created. It was focused on not the overachievers, not the ones that are selling academically, the ones that are in the band or chorus. These are those kids that just come to school and go home but they needed maybe just a little push and if they had just a little push they probably could excel on a whole nother level academically and those are the kids that were in this program the ones that people wouldn't necessarily 
picked to be on their team in sports and everything else. When I started working with these kids and hearing their situations, their individual situations and their family, some of them, of course, you don't know what child is in foster care, you know, but as I got closer and started hearing and, and knowing some of the different things that their families were dealing with, it made me see and understand why the child was responding the way they were. Some of them, school was an outlet. School was their only source for food. Some of them, school was their only opportunity to be away from family. You know, I had one child who was Hispanic and was the main person in the home that spoke English. So their family relied on them for everything to communicate. Parents didn't speak English. That's a lot for a child. And so it just drew passion to continue to work with the children. And that nonprofit no longer was in existence, but I took on the program and continued doing the mentoring on my own. That's what led me to know more about the organization that I work for now, National Youth Advocate Program, to learn and spend more time in understanding the need for foster parents and how some of these kids, you know, when they're removed from the home, they're in such a transitional space, you know, being stripped from their home and sometimes just with the clothes on their back or just a few things in a bag and not knowing what's next for them. Sometimes, you know, unfortunately, foster care is a safe haven for some and it's a better situation for many created to be a temporary and or a transition to adoption but there's such a great need for good foster home and when I realized it was such a need for it it just grew my passion to work more on that side with being able to recruit and find foster home. Deanna just said a lot of gold nuggets recapping and she's highlighting how she came to be recruiter for foster youth and really an advocate for foster parents. What Deanna does is similar to if you're here local to the Midland definitely you may have heard of CASA court appointed advocates they really represent the welfare being of the youth place or the judge they petition which homes they feel are best or the best situation for everyone involved like Deanna was saying a lot of the youth of course in schools you won't know just by looking at them what their backstory is but taking the time with them you will learn and as she has and as I have seen as well and know you will be able to gather you know why they are the way they are a lot of times and I mentioned this on another episode gracefully chosen listening a lot of times the youth are misplaced they'll come to school and they may get labeled and isolated and medicated and really remedial and that's not always the best solution for them they may need an individual or individuals that are stepping up to the plate like Deanna to want to mentor and give back and to really take the time with them to see where they are a lot of times these youth just need a listening ear they may just need somebody that's compassionate someone that's not going to judge or label them or suggest medication which is not always the best solution but really someone that's going to take the time with them and try to meet them right where they are. I love how Deanna went into how she served in that mentoring was a highlight of how she said she went to school and she thought she was going to do one thing but she ended up doing another. All came together. All her background, all her learning and education, it all really pieced together as a whole unit to be able to counsel, be a listening ear, to market and to develop and devise programs to now, as she has said, become that advocate leader to then now advocate on behalf of the foster parent. Yes, CASA does that here in the Midlands 
Commons, the South Carolina Foster Parent Association, and I'm pretty sure that's similar almost to what Deanna does. Deanna, from the youth that you said that you've encountered, has there been any youth that come back and said, you know, thank you for taking the time, or you've probably just seen the change because you've taken the time with them? Some of the kids that I've mentored, um, I have scenarios like that. The reason why that is so important, when you say yes to becoming a foster parent, I think that it is just the same as if, for me, being a mentor in the schools. You have now said there's going to be a little small fraction of this child's life where I have an opportunity to make a positive impact. And it may be five years later, it may be 10, 15 years later, child will come back and say, I remember when. And so I've seen and read a number of different scenarios of other children, because although foster care here in South Carolina, National Youth Advocate is a national organization. So we have organization in other states, and I've heard stories where children have come back years later as an adult and said thank you to their foster parent. What an inspiring moment yes. that is. And think about myself, which is one of the other reasons why, you know, I started doing child welfare and working in the church with youth. When I was in high school, I was that child. And that mentoring program that I created, I created because of what I personally dealt with. I was not the all A's and honor roll student. And I wasn't in the band or anything like that. But I wasn't a bad student. Yeah. I just needed a really good mentor that just kind of pushed me a little bit. And, and now as an adult, I always thought, man, if I had someone to push me, it wouldn't have been years later as an adult that I went back to school and went to college. I would have went right after school, but I didn't have that then. And I had no clue about college. You know, it wasn't talked about in my home. But I never forget my high school assistant principal, Dr. Yule Jones, who is still my Facebook friend and to this day. Nice. But he told me, he said, you can be whatever you want to be. And at the time, that didn't resonate with me. But some years later, that came back to me. And I looked him up on social media. And even now, whenever I post or talk about my book or me speaking or doing anything, he still goes in and gives me an encouraging word. It was just that one small statement that he made that forever imprinted in my life. 20, 30 years later, I still remember that. And that's what I believe fostering is. So when someone says, yes, I'll be a foster parent, I think is an opportunity. Children that come into care, they've dealt with trauma, dealt with emotional stress. Some of them may have physical, you know, health concerns, behavioral concerns. But as a foster parent, you have however long that child is with you to make a positive imprint. And it may be 10, 20 years later, but that child will remember that and come back and say, thank you you. And that's the mindset that I tell all of my foster parents, just think you have the opportunity to make a positive imprint in a child's life, a child that is going through some different life situations that's not fair to them, but they're enduring it best as they can as a child. So fostering is such a great opportunity to try to make that positive imprint and possibly change the course of that child's life. I want to piggyback briefly on another one of my guests, Ginger Bird, who did in fact end up taking in foster children and then um, some were adopted and she made the statement how when you are taking the time with the youth and you decide to become foster and or adoptive parent a lot of times you may deal like Deanna said with children and youth who are they're bringing all of themselves meaning their baggage their trauma their heartache their pain and a lot of times when they are experiencing their episodes experiencing really warfare it's not towards you it may be towards the trauma and they don't know mm -hmm. how to express it, their survival mode. And so, like Deanna said, it does take individuals who are willing to step up to the plate 
and be compassionate and really patient. The youth that are in need, they're not a number. You know, we hear so much of the negative and the of what they're not doing and where they can't go and what they can't be. But we need more that's willing to look beyond statistics and beyond the what they can't do and open their homes and their hearts and say, hey, you know what? You've been through that situation, but I desire to go on this new journey with you. If that is you, and I hope that is, check out Deanna Booker on Facebook. Could you share some of the links that people can reach out in your services as well? On social media, it's National Youth Advocate Program dash South Carolina. Again, we have multiple locations. Potential foster parents that would like to speak with a recruiter, 1-800-686-8958. Based on what area you're calling from, we'll call you back. And what we do pretty much is go over and explain what the process is like, what will be required. Very detailed, a lot that is required documentation, paperwork. But as the recruiter, we help and hold the foster parent's hand through the journey of it because we need foster parents. So we try to hear it at NIAP. You'll hear us reference NIAP a lot, National Youth Advocate Program. We try our best to make the process and the intake process as seamless as possible, but also to show that that they're not alone. Recruiter is assigned. And then once the home becomes licensed and able to start receiving children, then there's a case manager that's assigned to that family that will work directly with them. NIAP, we make sure that the home is a safe place and that is providing the best possible environment for the different children that we have that will come into care. I highly agree with what Deanna was saying, especially if this is a desire of yours, listeners, to help you through the process of this growing need. As Deanna stated, there is currently over 4,000 children in the state in foster care, and I'm pretty sure that number is always increasing. Um, I do have to ask for the listeners who may have this question. As of now, people that's desiring to foster and or adopt, but they have concerns with COVID, how has your organization made strides in that effort? As of right now, we're utilizing all safety precautions that has been put out by DHAC. Do everything by phone as much as possible, um, especially once that potential foster parent calls in. So we do as much by phone by way of asking questions. We may send some documents via email and do as much communication that way. But we have to go into the home, obviously. We need to see the home and see where the potential foster child would stay and reside in their room and space. And so we try to limit time in the home by doing as much as we can on the front end via phone conversation and email. But with all the safety precautions, you know, hand sanitizer, washing our hands before we go in, required to wear our mask while we're in the home. Um, Some families, we don't necessarily um, require them to have their mask on when we come in. But at this point, most families do put a mask on when someone else is coming into their home, which makes it even more um, a step for everybody. So we try to limit as much time in the home and contact by doing as much as we can via email and through the phone. In other words, listeners, if that is you wanting to foster care now and or adopt, don't be afraid. There is precautions in place and there are highly trained professionals there to meet you right where you are and to further assist you in training and preparation and the documentation. This service with Deanna does wanting to make sure that if you were to foster and
and or adopt, then there's provisions there in place. There's youth out here, countless youth that's needing your love and support. Deanna, before we go, where can listeners also find other content that you have? You are a motivational speaker, publicist, you have some mentoring program books. Where can listeners find your other content? Absolutely. So yes, you know, um, it's so funny because a lot of people community-wise know me for working in the community and I'm an author and, and empowerment speaker. You know, they always surprise. They're like, oh, you actually work somewhere else. And, you know, people, <laughs> I think people, it's so hard for sometimes for people to put their mind around, you know, the fact that, you know, I do multiple things. Yes. <laughs> um, sometimes I even try to figure out what's going on. But yeah, so I'm a full-time foster care recruiter. But when I have time and the weekends and sometimes in the evening, I am an empowerment speaker. So there's some things that I do via social media. So you can look up the Booker Agency um, on social media or bookeragency.com, www.bookeragency.com. Author, I'm actually working on my last, or not my last, my fourth book. We're not going to say last. My fourth yes. book that will be releasing in the next week or two. And um, uh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. With COVID, it put a pause on my mentoring program, what I was doing mentoring-wise, because I was actually going into underserved communities where there's a high percentage of children that are getting free or reduced lunch, community where families receiving Section 8 in public housing. COVID, I I wasn't able to do any of that work on last year. Okay. While that was so devastating to me, I even had some of the parents inbox me on Facebook and say, we miss you. And I really miss being there with those families. This particular community that I personally adopted had a really high crime area. And you know, sometimes resources aren't always poured into those particular areas. So with COVID, it definitely put a halt. I'm still trying to pivot a little bit and figure out the best way to still provide some support and love in those areas. When time allows, I am still mentoring and writing books and speaking as well. See, that's phenomenal. I'm imagining right now that maybe there should be some kind of community drives that can help kind of get those efforts up and running. Of course, the guidelines conducive to COVID and safety, but to kind of get those efforts that Deanna was speaking about, being able to provide mm -hmm. for those communities back up and running because that's still a need. And right. just to hear her say that, you know, the communities missed her. And yes, you know, those communities, fortunately, always has the negative highlight. But a lot of times, like she said, those communities lack the resources and really the passion and the efforts that they need to be able to further thrive. So when someone comes in a community that has a heart, they know. And so hopefully some drives and some opportunities will open up soon for her to do so again. Also, if you enjoyed this content, please reach out to Deanna Booker and her recruitment agency at NYAP Foster Care. Really read on what they do and how you could be involved. And if, of course, if you want to be a foster parent, how you can get your credentials for that. But then also check out her other stuff. Check out her books and check out setting up an appointment. And I think I want to set an appointment myself <laughs> on how to get <laughs> consulting and be able to progress forward with with your efforts as an entrepreneur, as a community leader, 
teacher, as a mentor, as really a person wanting to make a change. Deanna, I have been honored to have you here on Fostered My Stories today. I'm so excited for what you're doing and I'm excited for that book that's coming out. So I, I want to check that out as well. And listeners, feel free to reach out to her, like she said, via Facebook.com and the Bookert Agency. Check that out as well. And just check out the progress of what NYAP, National Youth Advocacy Program, did I say that right? Yeah. Yes, what they're doing in the community and anyone in your community organizations that you relate to close to you, what they're doing as well and how you can get involved. All right. Well, before I go, one more question, Deanna. What advice would you like to give to anyone that's wanting to either uh, become a foster parent or wanting to make a change? Just listening to your testimony today. The one advice I would give is right now, the last time I looked at the numbers, it said that we were close to, if not over 4,000 children that is in foster care in the state of South Carolina. And that's a large number. And so um, the advice I would give is while it could be a very temporary thing to have a child in your home as a foster parent, but it's such a lasting positive impact that you're able to make in one of those 4,000 plus children that are currently in foster care. It's definitely a greater need for it. So for those that's listening, whether it's you or someone that you know, please share that there's such a great need for foster parents in South Carolina. And I wholly agree with Deanna. There's different categories as well. If you're wondering, you can become an in-kind foster parent where you may be related to the youth that's needing fostering services and you want to kind of be that foster mother or father or adoptive parent to them then you could check out those type of services. There's also, if you have a specialty dealing with trauma and medical, Mm -hmm. there's those categories where you may be able to fit in. There's also respite care where you can be a temporary placement, maybe for a week or two. And you never know, just you really providing your home, providing your, your time, really your care just within a week or two of a child being in your home can be a lasting positive impact. So there's different categories of care with foster care but all are needed and I really hope that you would take the time to check it out well once again my name is Shalina Michelle Tate I'm your host here at Foster My Stories it has been an honor interviewing my January special expert guest Deanna Booker and I hope you take the time to check out her information Facebook bookeragency.com and continue to be gracefully chosen and once again you're gracefully chosen. Why? Because if you are relative to the foster care, adoption, orphan, and underserved communities, it's a new name, gracefully chosen. You have a dynamic rest of your day.